Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Thanks for being here. Um, Boy, what do you say about this glorious weather, huh? It's just awesome. Well, if you have been with us, you know that we are in the book of Ephesians, and we are taking the slow journey. We'll be almost verse by verse. We'll be in in Ephesians all year long. We are going to suck this book for everything that God desires to give us over this year. We're trusting, and I'm asking you to join in prayer for a couple things. One, that God would, the Spirit of God would illuminate us with His Word in this glorious book that speaks uh, more than any other book about the church at large and the incredible role of the church in the world that God would wake us all up, wake our nation up, wake the church up in America to our rightful role that we cannot carry out what God has for us outside of the local church. Secondly, and maybe most importantly, that God would unify. He would do something incredible in the sense of corporately unifying us right through this book and open our eyes to this radical understanding of the heavenly places, right? That we are so westernized with a material worldview that we miss, uh, right? This glorious heavenly view, uh, then it's all, and Jesus has come to bring it all together and so that God would speak through us um, through all of that. We will be in Ephesians chapter 1. If you have your Bible, again, I encourage you, get into your paper Bible again, get a journal, um, and let God speak and reveal through this year as we dive in deep into this. Uh, We're going to be in um, verse 2 is all we're looking at this morning, but I'm going to read a larger um, section of the word this morning for us. So with that said... Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to read through verse 14, this is uh, one long section, verses 3 actually through 14 is one ongoing sentence, Uh, Paul did not take a breath in his uh, speaking all of this glorious promise, so Lord, may you come, and Holy Spirit put fire on these words, Lord, Jeremiah says your words like a hammer, it's like a fire, Lord, I pray that you would hammer the hard places around our heart. You'd light a fire inside our soul, God. Wake us up in this time, Lord, of compromise, of apathy. Lord, um, bring your fire. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, God. And Lord, this morning specifically, Father, I pray that you reveal to us in a whole fresh and glorious way how amazing your grace is. Lord, how amazing the gift of grace, which is peace. Shalom with you, God. A place for our heart, Lord, to rest and to know that all things are good, that it is well with our soul because we are at peace with you, God. Come speak to us, Lord. Jesus' name. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. And we talked about last week, you are a saint, a holy one set apart from this world to live radically different for Jesus as a child of God. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, don't miss this, to unite all things in him, in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him and Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, the deposit of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory, the word of God. Wow, is there a lot there? Well, we're gonna just tick away at it. This morning, we're only looking at verse two. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if any, how many of y'all saw, I think it was this last week, and I think it was running around Twitter or, or what do they call it now, X or whatever it is. This uh, clip that they posted, the New Orleans Saints posted on their page of Demarius Davis, the linebacker. Anybody see that this week? Okay, a few of you did. Amazing. So, um, you know, typically when they're just doing after the game kind of announcements or whatever, you know, asking guys about the game, Demarius gets up there. He's this huge linebacker. He gets up there and goes, hey, uh, a little something a little different. He cracks open the Bible and he reads Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear, I'll come in and, and be with you, right? And then he just starts preaching. I'm watching this. I'm going, this is unbelievable. You know, and it's unbelievable at many levels. The saints allowed it to go on there and they didn't get canceled and, and it just flew around everywhere. And then he says this. He says, I heard a knock this week. And I'm just like, man. This brother, he's, he's bringing it. And he tells this amazing story about their little four-year-old daughter who's been struggling with epilepsy. And she just had a grand mal seizure, foam at the mouth. They had to call the, the um, and, and I can see, you know, ESPN and others. All right, shut him down. Oh, oh we can't shut him down now, right? And, um, and uh, they take her to the hospital. You know, it's usually days of recovery and, and everything. And his, him and his wife, he just says, we just start praying. We just start praying, praying. And, um, Anyway, go check it out because it's just awesome. Um, and uh, they're praying. And then he just tells the story that I'm here to knock. In the middle of the night, little door. And typically what happens is you're in recovery a long time. Middle of the night, <clears throat> he and his wife are praying. And they hear this knock and it's his daughter. She comes in. She's more articulate than she's ever been. Boom, right out of that seizure. 
And then he just kind of weaves this whole thing and says, everybody is waiting for a knock. Everybody's waiting for a knock from God. And he says, but you have to open the door. And folks, the knock, the primary knock is verse 2. Grace to you from a God who loves you more than you'd imagine and peace to your soul through God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is impossible for anyone to have peace in their life unless they receive the grace of God. Every human being, every single one of us, we were created by God to be at peace with him in relationship with him. When we're not at peace with God, we're at war with God. And the only way we can be at peace, the soul, as Augustine said, is restless till we find our rest in him. What the world is looking for, what our soul is looking for, is peace with God. This incredible existence where we know we're right with God and all is well with my soul. Though the storms rage, though the world's in chaos, I'm at peace because I know my God loves me and I know I've received his grace. And the only way we can be at peace with God, folks, is by the grace of God. He's showering his grace and that grace is a free gift. I just have to receive it by faith. I have to, as Revelation 3.20 open the door of my heart and let Jesus in. Oh, he's knocking. That's the crucifixion, the resurrection. That's the the loud voice that's been across the nations. No one, no one comes close to Jesus. No one anywhere in history has done anything for the world or for your soul like Jesus. Oh, he's knocking. And folks, we know just the God's knocking in ways we, we often just miss completely. On our soul, the question is, are we opening the door to be in fellowship with Jesus and the flood of the peace of God coming in? And so what I want us to look at briefly, just this one verse, and uh, you go back and you read the great you know, uh, writers of the past and many would say there's no more two important verses in all of life and scripture than grace and peace. And what those mean right for us. Um, So grace to you and peace. And folks, this should permeate our atmosphere in church. This should permeate our relationship with one another, right? And on in Ephesians, it says, right? Speak to when they're gracious words, words that give grace, that build each other up. We should constantly be growing and giving grace and peace. And when we dive into our children's hearts and our friends' hearts and spouses' hearts, friends' hearts, it should be ultimately down to the core of, are you at peace with God? What's happening on the core, the inside, the very depth of your spirit, the depth of your heart where your spirit, right, speaks to God. Are you at peace with God? And if not, let's talk about it. Let's pray. Because he's come that we might be at peace, regardless of the storms of life, that we're at peace with God and that we rest in him, that we understand the awesome grace of God. And so I have a big question for us this morning. Here we go. 
Are we at war or are we at peace with God? No more important question for all of us, for any person on earth to ask. And you might say, gosh, that just sounds kind of harsh, especially for a modern mind, especially for a therapeutic culture. That just sounds way too harsh, right? Um, But let me take this a little deeper. Here's the question. If I can get there, there it is. Are we living like there's no neutral zone with God? That we're either at war or we're at peace? Or are we living with compromise and negotiation and diplomacy with God? There is no compromise. There's no gray zone with God. There's no neutral zone. Jesus couldn't be any clearer. Matthew 12 says, you're either what, for me or you're against me. What? That just seems so harsh today in our very diplomatic, therapeutic culture. Um, there is no great neutral zone in this larger life. You will find it nowhere in scripture. God came, he sent his son. You are either in a hostile relationship with him under the powers of this world or you're at peace with him in a relationship with him and have received his grace and mercy. There is not this waffle middle zone. And today in our culture, today in the church, we're holding on to this idea that we can have one foot in the peace of God and I can have one foot over here in the world and kind of compromise. I can kind of negotiate with God. I can kind of, you know, uh, uh, have some diplomacy with God. And, and no, it, it, we, you won't find that anywhere, right, in, in the scriptures. Um, And so let me just first deal with this big question. Um, We're the church. So let's talk about first to those who who know the Lord Jesus. And then we'll address what it means to be at war without knowing um, Jesus. Um, The question is, can you be at war with God if you're a Christian? Can you be at war with God if you're a Christian? Now, if someone genuinely knows Jesus... And they've received the grace of God inside their heart. Um, is that the spirit of God's come in. And the peace of God is there. But let's just all admit it. Every one of us who know Jesus and have walked with him for years, we'd all have to, to admit there's been plenty of times of restlessness where we surely didn't feel and surely knew we weren't at peace with God. Am I right? Everybody with me? I'm sure if we're honest, we all would say, man, there's plenty of seasons where, man... I do not feel the peace of God right now at all, right? And so sometimes, right, God takes us through deserts. He takes us through trials to test our faith. And that's a reality, right? That's the only way faith can be tested if it's genuine and it's true uh, for us. Um, But there's other aspects of this. And folks, I think this is what we have to kind of have uncovered today in the church and much of our upbringing, right, in America, in, in especially in our context today, which is this idea of living a compromised Christian life. That we abuse the grace of God and we think we can have this idea that we can just chart through this kind of the old fire insurance idea. I'm in, so now I've got the grace of God, so I can have one foot here and one foot there. Um, what I want to boldly tell you is, yes, it is possible to be a Christian and be at war with God. The difference is that God, a loving God, he will bring his discipline into our life. 
He will bring things into us to rattle us out of this idea that we can live right in a compromised state playing with the world because back to last week, we're saints. He saves us to be set apart from the world, not to play games with the world and to have one foot, to be set apart, to live radically differently to be a light in the midst of darkness, to be a saint of God, to be stamped by the identity of God, what he says for us um, and who we are in him and not in the world. And so it's very possible too for a believer, and we'll even see in chapter four, right? It says, don't let the uh, sun go down in your anger that you might give the who a foothold? The devil a foothold. Now, is it possible still, and this is a heavenly places perspective on this book. Um, We live in a spiritual realm and all of us have been conditioned with an empirical material view of things. We've got to shake that thing loose or we will never lay hold of the promises, the glory of God and the gospel, what he has for us, the life he has for us in the spirit And in the heavenly realm, because he's coming to bring all this together. His church today is to be people who live representing the kingdom of God on earth now. And we'll get to that when we get to chapter 3 where he talks more, right, about that. And so when it comes to this idea of compromise, we've been taught something wholly wrong in the idea that as believers, we've got to bridge to the world. We have to, we've been sold a, 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 a whole pack of lies and we're reaping the results of it right now. Rather than a focus on being set apart, we've been told we need to bridge to the world. We need to be like the world. Um, and that has caused all kinds of problems. And here's the reality. We're either running towards God like the prodigal Right, humble, longing for the embrace of the Father, right? And longing to go deep and reside in the house of God, of the Father, or we're running away from God, right? Like the prodigal. And again, we often give testimony of that in our life. Or the other one is we're either doubting or we're bowing. There's no compromise, there's no neutral ground. I can't bow one day on an issue and, and the next start doubting God. And this is, this is where we have to wrestle in our own lives, right? Is, wow, where, where am I? Because I can't live in the peace, the glorious grace of God and the peace of God if I'm doubting God. Now, here's another pack of lies we've given in our culture today is this idea that doubt is good. Doubt, embrace your doubt. No, you embrace your doubt and you will be removed from the presence of God. If you embrace your doubt, and this has caused so many people to be stuck, right? There is no middle ground here. I, the sooner that I can bow my knee to God, the quicker his peace, power, is going to come in and wash over my life. The sooner I can bring my doubts about who he is, what he's doing to his feet and bow by faith. I don't understand it, but you're glorious and I'm going to bow before you regardless of what is happening. That's what it is to be a saint. That's what it is to have faith in God. If I step back and I start doubting, especially here in our culture today, hear me please. This is so critical. 
when it comes to doubting who I am, my worth, who God says I am, if I dabble over here, I really doubt if I'm a saint. And if I start doubting God's love for me, if I start doubting what God can do for me, if I just linger over here in depression and all kinds of doubting is what I will do is open up, as chapter 4 says, a place in my life for the devil to have a stronghold as a believer. And I can move my place into a place where I need radical deliverance from that bondage. And the peace of God will never rest over here. Even for a believer, I can believe, but I can be in a place of great, great bondage because, solely because. Now, listen to me carefully here. This is not a process of therapy. This is a spiritual heavenly places issue. No matter what happens in my life, I have to come to a place. Am I willing to bow? And set that issue of how I think about myself, the trauma in my life, whatever it is that's happened to me, lay it at his feet and say and repeatedly worship, God, you are glorious. I'm going to believe by faith what you say in here about me. And the faster I do that, the faster I learn to bring all of that to his throne, the faster the peace of God And the presence of God and the power of God is going to reside in this temple of the Holy Spirit. We have complicated this and we have opened up a whole avenue of complex things that must happen before. I can just have the radical supernatural peace of God in my life. The question ultimately, no matter what the process looks, no matter how many years it is, is healing, radical freedom doesn't come until I bow, until I bow. And that's not just like the old, you know, uh, picture of the guy who's being baptized and holding his wallet out of the water, right? I'm bowing everything. Lord, I don't, I surrender to you and and in this book we'll get to with all humility i have no rights lord who am i to to hold rights i i didn't even have anything to do with showing up on this planet this life this very breath i'm breathing is is from you god i'm with all humility lord i bow before you who am i to raise my fist god why did you let this happen to me god why did you allow me to have this dark depression who am i to question those things. The faster I bow, the faster I come to the great physician, the one and only one who knows and who will supernaturally heal me, the faster I'm going to experience the washing of his grace and resting the peace of God in my life that is so desperately needed with all of our efforts, folks. With all of our efforts today, right, in trying to help the soul. Tell me right now, where's the peace? And I'm just going to talk about the church. Where's the peace of God? Where's the real sense of the absolute rock solid? Man, I'm at peace. I can say it's well with my soul. Even in the midst of all these battles and struggles, I'm at at peace with with my maker, with God. Because of what he's done, the glory of the gospel, what he has done. Does this make sense, gang? Now, no, I'm pushing some buttons, and I absolutely mean to. Because there is no room for compromise in the gospel. You'll find it nowhere in the Bible. Zero. 
when someone, the sooner someone stood back and said, well, took their questions and everything, laid it at the feet of God and just said, ah, by faith, I'm taking this. I'm taking this. And what did, we looked at last week, verse one, to the saints, know who you are. Every day, don't doubt that. You give a little room to the enemy, right? And you're going to what? He's going to take you back to the old identity, back to a sinner, back to all those old things that the world would love to keep you in bondage for. He says, and also to the faithful. That means that they are willing to stand in that place regardless and apply the grace of God to forgive and cleanse, right? And to have the peace of God, to know who I am. Folks, there's nothing, the need of the hour is this. People, the peace is leaving this culture. It's left. And there's only one solution. Only one. And do not compromise the solution with the ways of the world. I'm gonna push buttons here. I don't care. There is no compromise. There's only one solution. It's not taking a little of the world and taking a little of the gospel and bringing a solution. It doesn't work that way. It is only him. And until I bow to him as the only answer for my issues of unrest, I'll never get breakthrough. And we'll see it today in the church. We move a little further, but we just step back. One step forward, two steps back. And we never have radical breakthrough. The joy of the Lord never breaks in. It's simply because we're not bowing. Before him, we're holding on to other solutions other than the gospel itself and the power of God to do exactly what he says. He and only he can do inside your soul and inside my soul. He showered us with his grace so we could be at peace with him. Romans 5.1, now that we've been justified by God, we're what? By, by Jesus' death on the cross. We're at peace with God. It's by what he's done. And that, folks, does not take, it doesn't add in there some long, drawn-out process. It's by faith. It's receiving what God has done. To think I have to say plus something else, I got to add all this other stuff in there, is a lack of faith. It's unbelief. We'll miss it every single time. And we'll continue to walk through life with a little compromise, a little dabbling in the world for help and a little dabbling with God for help and it will stay a corrupt stream. This is where we're at. This is where the church is at. And this is why we're not seeing the radical what we see in the scripture. This is our model, not what our experience is today. This is the model of deliverance, radical salvation that we cannot compromise on or with right here. Now let's uh, go to the next one. What does it mean to be at war with God? Now, folks, this is, here, here's the reality. Is that until we understand the depth of our sin, who I was before I met Jesus, I will never experience the radical grace of God. This is the lie. This is what's crept into the church. It's just a little cheap grace. Is that I minimize sin, but all oh, really maximize the receiving of the grace of God. You can't do that. The grace of God is only amazing when I understand what I was saved out of. And this is why chapter two, we'll get there, but let me just remind us, this is why Paul reminds the church, remember who you were, but also remember with a heavenly places perspective, remember whose power you were under before the grace of God set you free out of darkness into light. 
Chapter 2, verse 1. And you, church, each one of us, were dead in the trespasses and sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And he goes on, let's just add to this, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Wow. Wow. No, but aren't we all good? You're good. I'm good. Folks, this, is, this just shows how far away we are today. In the church, and shows us how much we want to please men. So we're worried about bridging softly to a culture and we're missing the power of God. God will not compromise his message. And until I understand what I just read, that's who I was. That's who I am if I don't know Jesus. A child of wrath. Under the power of the world, the fleshly powers of the world, and under the power of the devil in darkness. There is no neutral ground. Wow. And folks, until I get my head around that, I will never understand the grace of God. That in the midst of me being running from God, all caught up in the darkness of the world, my flesh, my selfishness, all my junk and my mess. In the midst of all that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In chapter two, it says, but God in his mercy showered even in the midst of being children um, of wrath, of being opposed and hostile at war with God, even in the midst of all that, God saved us. Until I understand these two together, I'll never understand the grace of God. And I will not really understand salvation. And transferred us from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so is that your perspective with your friends and family members who don't know Jesus? Doesn't make us any better. This is the problem. It's not like, it's not, but if you don't know him, you will remain under the wrath of God in darkness, in bondage to this world. Is that how you, we talk? Is that the real hardcore conversation? that we, Do we believe that about ourselves? Because if I don't, then I don't really know about the grace of God at all. And so I just throw that out just to show, this is how far off the mark we are in our culture today. I'm not about the church culture. This is how far we are from the radical power of God and his calling on us to be the ones who are the knock on people's hearts. Grace to you. Peace to you. Because if you don't have God, if you don't have Jesus, there is no peace. It's impossible for all eternity. I plead with you. I I pray for you. I'm going to walk with you. But there's nothing more important. There's only one who can bring peace to your soul. You're created for fellowship with him and him alone, right? And if you reject him, it keeps you at war with God and that's not gonna end well. It is not going to end well if I'm at war with God. We know clearly. It means I'm a child of wrath. 
Now, folks, what you have been taught, if you've grown up in church and in, in um, and I'm speaking of my own experience too, right, is that, oh, man, we need to, we need to kind of soft sell this. We need to come alongside people and let them just, and just love them where they're at. You hear all this stuff. Sure, of course. But you know what? Is that it is a travesty to think, and I'm speaking to myself here, to walk alongside people, to know people for years and decades and never tell them the truth about their soul. To never tell them the truth. Because guess what? Without the truth, it's not love. So I say it again. Without the truth, it's not love. We've got this, this idea of love. See, if I don't get sin right, I don't get grace right. If I don't get grace right, I don't get love right. My view of love is more like the world, this mushy, just feeling, empathy thing without the truth. I am not loving anyone if I don't tell them the truth. And I can't tell them the truth. Here's the important part. I can't tell them the truth unless I believe it's true about me. And let me share with you what God has done for me. I'm no better than you. I was lost. I was in this place. Let me tell you about it. And let me tell you how God reached down and, and his shine, his grace on me, opened my eyes and, and, and it was nothing I did. No religion. It's not because I go to church. It's not because I, I've got any accolades. It's not any of this. It's his grace like with Paul shine. That's why Paul, right, speaks about his testimony. I was, I was, he even said, I was a murderer. I was at war with God until Jesus shined his grace on me on the road to Damascus, opened my eyes to the glory of who the Lord Jesus is. Will you please contemplate Jesus is the only answer for your heart. He's the only one who can bring the peace of God into your soul and for the whole world. Folks, until this is recovered in the church, the church is going to remain a therapeutic, mushy, see very little radical breakthrough happen um, among God's people until we feel like we're at war. Your soul is in the middle of a war. You would, wouldn't even see the heavenly places perspective as we're going to see in Ephesians. It blows it up. It shows the enemy, even if you're a believer, he's at trying to get a stronghold. He's trying to shut you down. He's trying to keep you believing yourself like the old self. You're a sinner. You're part of the world. He's trying to keep your affections more in love with the things of the world than the things of God in heaven. That's the enemy's work in our lives. All right? All right, here we go. Last one. What does it mean to be at peace with God? Folks, I asked you this morning, do you know the peace of God? There's nothing like it to absolutely know when you lay your head down on your bed at night, oh, Lord, it's been a rough day. There's all kinds of stuff going on in my mind and life and the world, and ah, but it's well with my soul. I'm at peace with you. You saved me, God. You reach down into this crazy, ugly world in the midst of my ugly sin and rebellion and running from you and you grabbed a hold of me and you made me alive. Thank you, God. All right, thank you. Do you know the peace of God? It is not possible without receiving and understanding the grace of God. And the grace of God is not possible in our life until I understand who the position I was in before he saved me. And understands the magnitude of sin and everything in this world. 
Do you know the peace of God? This is Watchman Nee, um, back to the 20s, a wonderful uh, saint in China. It cannot be too strongly emphasized that all true spiritual experience begins with rest. Rest. Folks, we have no idea about rest. If you don't know the peace of God, you know no rest. It's just busyness. It's just recreation. Rest. It's built in from the very beginning of Genesis, the whole cycle of rest with the Sabbath, resting in God and Hebrews. The New Testament brings us deeper aspect of knowing that I am the idea why I should sit back regularly and rest before God is it's the only way, folks, I can get my soul in touch with peace. I'm at peace with you, God. This is how we need to love each other at this level. Say, man, what's going on? You feeling, you're at peace with God? You're at peace with him? If you're not, let's root it out. Why are you not at peace? He's done everything to call you into his peace and to lavish you with who you are as a saint, as a child of God, right? With the blessing upon blessing for all, all blessings, spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We'll get to that starting next week. Are you at peace with him? And then finally, folks, Jesus is our peace, right? What do you say to disciples? I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In me, only in Jesus. There's no compromise. Jesus said it. You're the former against me. There's not a gray zone. There's not, I'm going to dabble in church. I'm going to dabble out. I'm going to follow Jesus some here. I'm going to pull a little of the Bible and a little bit. Can't do it. You'll never have peace and your salvation will be even in question. Only in him is there peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. What? But take heart. I've overcome the world. And as we read in Ephesians, he's bringing all things together. Heaven's coming to this earth. He's going to renew this earth. But before that comes, folks, a judgment, a cleansing. Is this bride going to be ready? Are we going to be at peace with him when he comes, right? To believe all this goodness. And until then, it is our role in our life to be the knock on people's heart. Not some mushy therapeutic thing, but a deep, passionate, loving thing. Knock on that heart. What is going on in the inside of your heart? I can't love someone unless I'm going after their soul. Do you know that? And Jesus, the whole Bible is full of this. It's not just my outward act. That's important. But to truly love someone biblically is to love their soul. Is your soul healthy? Are you at peace this morning? So we'll just end there this morning. Derek, come on up. And I just, I just feel that we need to pray. And um, because I don't want you, if you're here and you're questioning the peace of God, I hope you won't leave here without being encouraged and that God and the Spirit of God will reveal to you what's keeping you from being at peace with God. This is how we're to encourage and love each other, right? Is to, man, it's good with your soul, brother. Is it good with your heart, sister? Are you living under how he sees you, how he loves you? Or are you trying to let the world's methods build you up? They will fail Every time. Oh, we'll get some advancement, but not what God promises, not his glory.
So Father, thank you for your word and Holy Spirit, just come now. Lord, reveal in each of our hearts. Come do business. Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, it's been playing games. Today is the day of salvation. May they believe today, right now, and become a child of God. They just have to reach out to you. And Father, if there's any of your children here, Lord, who you've saved, who you've lavished your amazing grace upon, but they're in bondage, they're, they're more at war with you than at peace, set them free, God. This morning, right now, by your power, God, let them have the faith it takes to receive that. And Lord, mobilize us as your children to be great lovers of people's souls overwhelm us with how much you love us and the grace you've shown upon us to lovingly step into people's lives and tell them the truth. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.